Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? What's up? Welcome back to the show. This is episode 65 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. As always, I'm your host, and my name's Daryl. If you haven't been here before, if you have, welcome back. Um, straight off the bat, I want to say thanks for tuning in. And where you can find us, as some of you may know, uh, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, um, and then obviously download the episodes and subscribe at uh, SoundCloud, um, The Quiet Part Loud, and also iTunes, you'll find us under the same name. Um, I didn't think when we started this whole thing, uh, you know, what was it, last April, I think, um, end of March, April, something like that, that we'd get 65 episodes in. And it always kind of, it always kind of shocks me because I, I intended to, but I didn't know if we would, you know, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times I'll have an interest that fizzles out and, you know, I'll give something a try and, and I'll move on to the next thing. And, you know, it's not for a lack of perseverance or anything like that, but you know, whatever situation may change, you have a, have a shift in interest or your time allows certain things and doesn't allow others, whatever it may be, but to commit and take time to do you know, over 65 hours of content, just sitting and talking about the day-to-day issues and, you know, wh- what I'm into and what we're into and, you know, just what's going on around us and how to attack things and, you know, how to view things and, you know, whatever we ramble on and rant about here at the show. You know, I didn't, I didn't think that 65 episodes would be still going and I'm, and I'm, and I'm really happy that we're, we're continuing to carve out time to get some expression done and to get some, you know, thoughts down and it's, if nothing else, cathartic. And, you know, for those of you that do listen, I, uh, I say thank you and, and I hope you're enjoying it because we're going to continue to do it. That's the main point here. But the reason I'm kind of self-reflective and it's not on a hundredth episode and it's not on, you know, January 1st or anything like that, but it's just about taking stock at all times. And I listened to the last episode of the show and I realized that there are some clear areas of improvement with the show. And I wouldn't be giving the best of myself to you guys or to myself if I ignored what I saw, what I heard, etc. So, uh, you know, being that it's the very next episode, I wanted to see if some of those changes could be enacted immediately um, because less from a content side of of things, but more from an approach to delivering that content, uh, mainly around things like sound quality, uh, consistency, and just some overall production points that I think need to be addressed. And some of them most definitely can be done immediately, and I, I hope we're already seeing it. And when I listen back to it, that will be the proof in the pudding. Um, but I also have to keep in mind that I'm doing this from my living room in my in front of my, you know, a big bay window that looks out onto the street. So I wonder if some of the acoustics are, you know, particularly fucked and if I need to do something about that and get kind of a makeshift studio in here. Um, 
pacing and, and, and consistency in terms of delivery of content from my point of view, there's some improvement that obviously has to continue happening there. But overall, I think where, where we stand from a, from a discussion point of view, I think that's going in the right direction. And I think if we keep on that train, then we will continue to be more and more successful and, and grow more and more. Um, but I want to I want to give a product that is 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 sparkly in terms of its delivery, but more grimy and raw in terms of the content that comes through that delivery, if that makes sense. So I wanted to just say that as I preach, you know, sometimes on the show, I also I also practice or try to practice what I preach. You know, one of those things is like this, for instance. Now, if you're listening to that in your headphones, that's super annoying, right? And I apologize because last episode I was doing it for sure and I've done it a number of episodes previous to that. So I'm going to try to cut down on that until I can figure a way technically because, again, it's just, you know, it's not a huge team here. Um, it's, it's something that I, I have to take the time after I've recorded the content to really go in and look before I even put it out in the market, uh, in the marketplace, because I think podcasting in particular is such a powerful medium and presents one with an opportunity to really get a message across in a way that can impact people in a really, really positive way. And if for nothing else, other than a cathartic outlet for, self-expression it is most certainly the top priority of this show to reach other people in a positive way and if by doing so affecting change in the same way then fantastic i don't want to be slurping in your ear or creaking around or getting up and like hit all of this background distortion but i'm not a technical engineer i'm not a producer i uh i i just press record and I go and I rarely write notes I might write some bullet points here and there uh, if there's something specific that I want to talk about but this is for me a free-form conversation with you guys about issues that I find important and on that note I just want you to know that whilst delivering those viewpoints which you may or may not agree with that I'm also working on the quality of, of, of what this overall product is because I have ambitions for this and I think in the marketplace of podcasts there is so much noise and so much that can get lost for the silliest reason of things like sound quality and consistency of voice and not slurping on the microphone um, I want to stand out I want this message to be heard um, and I think there are certain steps that need to be taken in order to improve the quality as again improve the quality of the delivery clean up the consistency of the message that is being delivered and hopefully that will put us in a really good place uh, to go forward but you know we're we're well and truly into the new year now and again I'm grateful for 65 episodes um, you guys know from the last episode that I've started playing the piano. 
Um, that was a that was a Christmas gift for my wife, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm on it every single day. Um, but adding another thing in to your life, you know, where some other demands have changed, um, it can prove it can prove a task. Let's put it that way. So um, I'm happy to be I'm happy to be doing this, and I'm happy to be to be here with you guys and, and I'm glad you're still listening after 65 hours of me ranting and raving about, you know, Donald Trump, Brexit and everything, you know, fucking everything in between Brexit to the UFC and everything in between and be more accurate. Um, but here we go. Episode 65 and it's, it's more of the same. It's, it's more of the same, but hopefully a slightly cleaner delivery. Um, there's plenty of stuff to be talking about this week. There's plenty of stuff to be to be speaking on this week. You know, um, first, after that sort of intro there, uh, I want to address something that uh, I saw on Tuesday, I believe it was. Yeah, it was Tuesday. I was taking the subway home. Uh, I was on the tube and... I was coming through Canary Wharf Station and we were held up for a, a couple of minutes. And whilst the doors were open, I peered over to my left and there was a gentleman laying uh, lifeless on the ground, uh, you know, with blood clearly coming out of the back of his head uh, and not to be graphic or anything like that. But, you know, the report said that he'd fallen from a height, which... I understand the platform he would have potentially fallen off of. Then I heard something that he had fallen down an escalator, which is just madness because not where he was lying, uh, in my opinion. But I don't know. They obviously have CCTV cameras. It's just a terrible thing for that person's family um, that the you know the stress of life and and being able to bear it and deal with it. Or if if it is a suicide, I, I just I find it hard to believe it would be an accident from where they potentially could have fallen from because the barriers are so high and for a person who is you know just under six foot tall uh they come up to my chest if that gives you a kind of a reference point um you know it, it would be hard to fall over the top of them uh in my estimation if i'm remembering it correctly um but again no accusations it's just a terrible thing for their family and you know obviously not not a great start to the new year for everybody uh but apparently there was another one yesterday and uh someone uh took a nosedive off of uh off of a third story off a third story uh platform in a food court um and apparently that one was clearly uh, a suicide uh so it's just it, you know it's terrible it, that that's that's the last bastion of salvation that someone can, you know, that can, can envision in the current situation. And, you know, stress is a motherfucker and, and the mind is a very, very fragile thing. Uh, you know, once a crack appears, right, it's that, you know, kind of spreading effect. It's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But I don't want to I don't want to keep the tone of the podcast on suicide or anything like that. I was just it was the reason I brought it up is because um, it made me well, obviously it happened two days ago. So it's on my mind. But um, it was like the, every time that anything like that happens in real life or on TV, I'm always like 
do you want to see a dead body from uh, from Boys in the Hood, right? It's just, I don't know why. It's like a default, like, wiring in my brain. It's uh, it's morbid, but, uh, but there you go. Um, speaking of morbid, <laughs> speaking of morbid, um, I don't know if you guys have seen any of this R. Kelly stuff. If, again, if you, if you haven't, you've probably been living under a rock. But, uh, you know, it's been known for some time that R. Kelly is a crazy fucking pervert um, and, you know, pretty sick guy, pretty bad guy um, who has a real penchant for the younger, younger, younger ladies. Um, now, obviously, when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, did he influence a, you know, a big part of my childhood with his R&B music? Absolutely. Um, once I grew up and realized who the individual was, did I stop respecting him immediately? Absolutely. Um, you know, a person's body of work, I mean, it's, it's an interesting question, right? Like, does a person's body of work get to be separated from their the actions of that person in their personal life, right? So it's like, do you do you condemn the actions of Roman Polanski, but still enjoy the films he's made? And like a guy like Kevin Spacey, who looked weird as fuck going into court, you know, and that video that he made, you know, as Frank Underwood, I don't know what the hell that was. Um, very, very bizarre. But it's like, he's still got an, he's still Kaiser Soze, right? He's still Kaiser Soze. Do you get to separate that body of work? He's still the alien in K-Pax, right? He's still the murderer in Seven. He's still Frank Underwood. So do you get to separate the body of work from, from the person in there and these gross, disgusting, heinous, whatever level of severity they're on, acts in their personal life? How does that work? I think I can, I, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Because every time you see that person, you relate them to their latest, their most current event, right? Um, it's difficult. But it's different with death. Here we go back to suicide again. Because I don't necessarily have a hard time watching like a Robin Williams movie. But I'll never watch an episode of The Cosby Show again. Right? Like, I don't think I'll ever watch Usual Suspects again in my life. Maybe I will. Maybe that's a lie. Maybe I won't watch K-Pax anymore. I definitely won't watch House of Cards. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, it's, 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 how do you equate that? Do you separate the body of work? Will you watch The Pianist with Adrian Brody? You know? Will you condemn Harvey Weinstein to the depths of hell and everything that he stands for? Because he's been a part of quite a few movies. So it's like, how do you, do you separate those things? It's, uh, it's, it's a strange one, but this R. Kelly shit is, this R. Kelly shit is next level fucked up in my opinion. I mean, again, like a lot of these things, I'm not just taking the women's allegations at, at, uh, at face value. <coughs> like the one I heard today was suspect as fuck, but has he absolutely like, you know, mistreated young women dealt with underage girls fuck yes everybody fucking knows that despite what Aaliyah's mom says it's pretty widely accepted that you know he married her at like 13 years old 14 years old 
you know, I mean, you can go back to the earliest Aaliyah videos and he's way too fucking creepy in the background of those videos. I mean, if you check them out, I can't remember what the name of the one is, but if you just go to Aaliyah and look at the old ones on YouTube, <coughs> he's in the, he's in the videos and it's, it's disturbing. But, you know, some of these, some of these claims that he would not let you go to the bathroom and, you know, not let you like leave the room or whatever. I mean, I don't fucking know. I don't know the details of this. He, I know he's suing them. Uh, for defamation of character, but what else would you do, right? You're gonna sit down and just be like, yeah, well, you know, you can't use the oh, they knew that they knew what they were into, excuse. Um, it's just it's very very peculiar. But this surviving R. Kelly uh, series that I'm yet to watch, but hearing plenty about, sounds really fucked up. And I find it interesting, right? Because they say, oh, some of the some of the celebrities that we asked uh, an interview, asked to interview for this documentary said no. And like Lady Gaga said no. Jay-Z said no. Um, you know, different people like that. But I, apparently there are some in there that have gotten involved. John Legend has come out like super hard and been like, fuck this rapist. Give a fuck about him. You know, he's really gone hard in the paint. And, uh... <coughs> Okay, fine, you know, you know, R. Kelly's clearly a fucking weirdo, he's clearly a disgusting pig, he's clearly, you know, uh, he's clearly predatory, clearly, um, and if it is proven that he's assaulted these girls, raped these girls, you know, whether statutory or worse, um, then I hope he gets exactly what he deserves, you know? Um, am I going to go out on a limb and say it's probable that these accusations are true in a high, high number of the cases that have been reported? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that that's probably bang on the money. Uh, but I'm very, very honest with myself in terms of the type of creeps that will, you know, start seeping out of the woodwork and making accusations just because they can. And that's why I think you have to take each one on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, and I don't want to talk about complicity with these women because if they're, they're victims and they're underage, then, you know, that's dangerous territory to even start negotiating with. But, you know, fame and celebrity and attention and money and I'm just saying, I'm just saying, how much you willing to take, right? I think we've talked about that on the show before. How much you willing to take, but that doesn't negate the. That doesn't. That doesn't condone this. Like this. That doesn't make this okay. R. Kelly's still a piece of shit. R. Kelly's music will never get played on my radio ever, ever, ever again. Because now every time I hear a love song by R. Kelly, I'm gonna put a little girl with it in my head, and I'm gonna be get, get fucking grossed out, and I don't want to have that visual in my head, or I'm gonna. <laughs> or I'm going to think of him pissing on somebody, you know? And hopefully in time, I'll be able to change that around and put the Dave Chappelle visual in there instead. Um, but how good was the fucking Chappelle show? Can we just talk about this for a minute? How good was the Chappelle show? God damn it, man. TV executives, they fuck everything up, huh? 
they canceled that show, How to Make It in America, too. I used to love that show. <coughs> it was like an entourage before the entourage, before they got famous, but in fashion. If you hadn't seen it, it's fucking dope. HBO did it. They canceled it for the C word. You know, Laura Lindy's a good actress and shit, but... Sorry, my throat's sore. But How to Make It in America had uh, Luis Guzman in it. And anything he's in is fucking good, in my opinion. So, um, what was I even talking about? How to Make It in America. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the Chappelle show, huh? Yeah. Um, but R. Kelly's a creep. What can we say? I mean, you know, let's see how this whole thing unfolds. But I, I mean... I feel bad for the women that were involved. It's, but again, fucking, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it. Um, what else is going on? Oh yeah, uh, Trump addressed the nation last night. If you didn't, uh, if you guys in America didn't see that, um, I mean, it was 15 minutes of complete lies and garbage. Really, I mean, which is par for the course, where is he's concerned? And I mean, I really don't. It's so boring now. <clears throat> like, you know, I know back, you know, when we were f in the full throes of this and, you know, giving you 45 minutes on Trump every episode and that kind of shit. I find it so boring now and like tedious and like it's sort of like listening to a child whine. And I mean that across the spectrum. I mean that in terms of the way Trump addresses people on Twitter or other politicians or the American public or the world, um, you know, it is a, it is a juvenile level of interaction and it is very, very unbecoming and it's very uninteresting and it's boring now, right? Like it's it, enough now. This is, this is junk. Like, he's just sitting there and lying. Like, 20,000 people die or 20,000 people come across every day or apprehended. or Like, everything he said in that was fact-checked as wrong. And I'm not talking about the Democratic or the left-leaning uh, fact-checkers that are just going towards Democratic talking points or anything like that. I'm talking about third-party independent fact-checkers who have basically written his speech down to nothing but fabrications and fear-mongering. Pardon me. Yeah, I mean, he's a disgusting pig. You know, this this is this is not someone who should be in charge of anybody. This is not somebody who should have anywhere near the amount of power that a, even a CEO of a small company has, let alone, you know, the, the leader of the free world. It's shocking that a revolt hasn't happened in America. It is it is absolutely shocking that it's taken this long for the process of government to actually start to put the wheels of change into motion. You know, I know the Mueller investigation has been going on for a long time. I know the New York District Attorney's Office has another investigation separate to the Mueller investigation that's been going on as well. But Jesus Christ, just the fact that you can't... Like, his approval rating should be 2%. Unfortunately, that's not the demographic of America, so it would never be that. I'm just saying, the, the ridiculousness of this whole entire past few years is is becoming tedious and boring and i'm talking about the trump era if you will 
and I'm talking about the Brexit era. And funny how these things coincide, right? Funny how these things coincide. But the Brexit era is has been just a big a clusterfuck. And I don't know who these people think they are. They're, they openly take us for idiots. They openly take the the public who put them in office and vote for them. They they openly call you stupid. They openly call us idiots. They openly disrespect us. <coughs> Pardon me. The fact that a guy like Andrew Mitchell can go on LBC radio and say with a straight face that he thinks a second vote would lead to a bigger margin of people voting to leave the EU than there was in the first vote. This Andrew Mitchell, he's an MP, right? Yeah, so so he's um so he's a conservative MP and he was on LBC radio this morning and that's what he said. He said he thinks in his opinion that if we held a second vote that there would be a bigger margin of victory for the Brexiteers for the Leave campaign than there was the first time around. And I just want to reiterate that because that really shows. I don't, I don't know, like, sorry guys, I got my headphones there. Um, I don't know, for people in the UK, I don't know what your personal thoughts are on this. I don't know what the people around you um, thoughts are on this or your colleagues and so on and so forth. But what I do know is from my own experience and I know from the people I speak to about this and I speak to people about this because I'm interested in it. So I do ask people um, from the feedback that I'm getting from some friends on social media, uh, there is categorically no way a second vote, in my opinion, would see us leave the EU. We would be right back in and we would be staying in the EU. And as I've said in previous uh, episodes, I believe we're at the point now where we need we need a voice of authority to stand up to clear some of the haze away from you know the people that are having this discussion clear the air turn and face us and listen to what we're saying because if if the feedback that I'm getting if the conversations that I'm having are a temperature gauge for what the nation is thinking, then the only thing that's going to make this right is a second vote. And the audacity of the politicians that refuse to listen or consider a second vote or think that it's a terrible idea for democracy because the people have already had their vote um, should be considered dangerous, uh, divisive, and unproductive in terms of the direction you want your country in or at least going in. Because somebody who will just negate even the potential conversation uh, of another vote being on the table as an option is not somebody who is looking out for the for, for the population that is that they're there to represent and that they work for. So we need to pay attention to this because to this because if your temperature gauge is this, is the same as mine and in fact another vote would surely 
keep us solely, keep us firmly in the EU, then what are these people in government in this country? What is the conservative government? What is the labor government doing on behalf of us? My answer would be not very much. Because if, again, the temperature gauge for you listeners is the same as what mine is, it is overwhelmingly in favor of staying in the EU for two reasons. One, Brexit was sold on misinformation and lies that people bought, expected, and never materialized. The the amount of information that was given to people about the real implications of Brexit. Sorry, I just took a sip. I'm I'm going to try and stop that. Um, was was bullet pointed and highlighted and sprayed on the side of buses, uh, in in cute neat campaign slogans that seemed like immigration was an issue and that we we're going to get this windfall lottery. Uh, back from the EU because we didn't spend it anymore uh, with them. That $350 million that was on the side of the bus. Just a joke. Um, I think the second bit is how the negotiations have ha- actually gone. I think even those people that intended and wanted to and voted to leave the EU expected some sort of a better organizational structure to get us out of the EU. Something more concrete on the back end of it, (coughs) which clearly hasn't happened. And I think a lot of people put their faith in the government to say, well, let me give them a chance. Let me see what they can come up with and let's do this thing as an independent sovereign nation and let's do this um, and, and see what we can prosper from it. I think a lot of people that thought that way would now turn around to you and say, I don't have any faith in my government to to get this task accomplished, so I'd rather leave things the way they are. Let's not forget, economists are calling for a 6 to 9% drop in GDP if we go through a no-deal Brexit. A drop in GDP, a, a drop in our economy by 6 to 9%, is something that we can't manage right now. It's something that we cannot, we cannot, it's not a tenable situation right now. Not with everything that's going on in the US and the fact that the stock market is probably gonna, you know, have another crash imminently. The fact that we have a another recession on the horizon. The fact that the debt in America has gone up to a trillion this year. Or, or sorry, gone up by a trillion this year. You know, these all have run on effects. The trade war with China, the lack of trade deals that the UK actually has based on this Brexit uh, chaos. Uh, it, it's it's not it's not looking rosy. And I think if you if you recast this vote, which I believe most people want. I believe it would be overwhelmingly to remain in the EU. The problem with that is I don't know what that looks like now. Would it just be like, oh, sorry about the the last two years. We'll just continue doing what we're doing. 
I'm not sure how it would work, but I just, I don't think this government or the labor government can be trusted to, know, to negotiate us into the future independently. I think being a part of that single market is important. It's simple or simpler. And with the current trade deals that the EU are doing, we would benefit from them immediately. Most notably the one with Japan. Like, don't wait for the UK and the US to strike a bilateral trade deal. Like, Trump's not capable of accomplishing things at all. What has he accomplished? What has he accomplished other than giving rich, rich people and corporations a, a huge tax break? Oh, he pushed up the economy. No, he didn't. He rolled back regulations, which may have had a slight bump in terms of profitability, but nothing substantial or sustainable. What else? Because everything else you put on his resume is wholeheartedly negative. I'm going to do the same thing for Theresa May. What has she done? I'll wait. Now Amber Rudd's back in the government playing an integral role for what? She's co she is so compromised via her husband, via her past activities with Windrush, but by the current and past activities of her husband, who has vehemently stood up for the prohibition of uh, cannabis and marijuana, yet her husband runs the biggest exporter of medical marijuana in the UK, which is second in the world, globally overtook Canada. I don't know if it'll be the same this year now that Canada's made it legal, but who knows. There is massive conflict of interest in our government. There is massive incompetency and hypocrisy in our government. And I know people out there are probably saying, well, that's just par for the course, baby. That's just par for the course. That's just government on a Tuesday. Well, it shouldn't be. And unless we hold these politicians to account then how are we ever supposed to expect anything different otherwise we are mixed up in the insanity that is politics by voting for the same machine and expecting a different result that's insanity to find so unless we challenge these people to do better to be better force them to be more accountable how will anything ever change? This this is this is a government that has its I'm gonna leave it for a second. Because the incompetency actually it makes me laugh, but it also makes me super angry. It's like I wrote to the MP of Greenwich months ago about a person who got attacked with a machete a few yards down from my house, a few hundred yards down from my house. And I still haven't heard a goddamn word from him. And I'm not chasing him. I'm going to start blasting him on Twitter. But I just think, no, motherfucker, you are responsible to respond. You have to respond. You can't be too busy to take care of the people and to look out and to respond to the people that put you in office in the first place. Don't get too big for your britches. 
His name's Matthew Pennycook. And all I see when I look outside is dirty roads. So it's time to hold these people accountable. And it gives me great optimism that I see people like Alexandria um, Astasio-Cortez in the States coming out and being outspoken against the establishment and saying, you know, this is, this is, it's got to change. You know, grassroots type of movements that come up from nowhere and shock the world or at least shock the country. We don't have that in England. We don't have that in the UK because everything is so systemic in this country. Private school, everybody is so intertwined. If you're going into the government, they probably know it by the time you're out of diapers. You know, they know what school you're going to. They know what friends, last names you're going to be playing with. You know, that's a very, very incestuous community, that private school community in this country. Is it private school or public school? I don't even know. <clears throat> you know, the likes of Eaton and places like that, where all the prime ministers come from, where all the, you know, where all the top brass come from. It's systemic and it's problematic. And I think the trend needs to be booked, to be bucked. Otherwise, we're going to continue living in a place that can't make decisions on crucial matters that affect the majority of the population. We're going to be stuck with people that, are not accountable and don't care to be accountable to anything that their constituents say and can't even handle a crisis of a drone at an airport because for the second time in a month a drone yes a drone no not no 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 not a military drone a personal drone a drone that you could buy from you know curry's or wherever um or Smith's Toy Store, you know, drones, remote control drones that you stick four AA batteries in and you fly around. Some of them have a camera on them. Two occasions in, uh, well, it's got to be a month, right? <coughs> Where a drone has caused the complete seizure, seizure's not the right word, complete... Um, complete freezing of all air traffic from one of the biggest airports in the world, right? First, it was, I think it was Gatwick first, and that shut flights down for two days. And now Heathrow. Heathrow, you know, one of the world's busiest airports, shut down for a drone. Are you telling me that there's no... There's no plan in place to stop these drones coming in or laws, regulations to be written in, in order to make this like, okay, let's just put this into perspective for a minute, right? Because it's a drone, right? So it's a drone that's potentially what? 30 centers, 30 centimeters by 30 centimeters. So not big, right? And they vary in size and whatever. Um, but they're usually quadcopters, right? So here goes, <clears throat> here goes my attempt at writing a law on this. If you fly a drone anywhere near an airport, it's 10 years in prison. Done. 
That's it. That's all you have to do. Write that into law. Because, <clears throat> one, why is somebody flying a drone near an airport in the first place? No reason. To take pictures from cool angles of planes taking off? Fuck off. Go get another hobby. Go do something else with your life. Stop being a fucking loser. Okay? Nobody's into planes that much. Nobody wants to see your fucking videos from a drone of airplanes taking off or what the world's airports look like from a bird's eye view. Nobody gives a shit. Okay? So stop that. Find another hobby. The only other reason is to cause some sort of chaos, whether that be a plane crash or the disruption that we're seeing or, you know, whatever. It's, it's for a nefarious reason, something more, you know, untoward, something that's going to disrupt things a little bit or worse. And that worse is death, right? It getting into a plane engine blowing up, the plane blows up or crashes on takeoff or landing, something like that. Right? Those are the worst case scenarios. So let's base it on, let's base the penalty on the worst case scenario. So if you kill 150 people, then that's life in prison. But if you even get caught with a drone near an airport, first time offense, 10 years in prison. Fucking see you later. What are we playing at? Like if we don't want people to do shit that's clearly detrimental, I'm not talking about taking away people's liberties and freedom and ability to, you know, do what they want to do. If you want to fly a drone, go fly a fucking drone. Just don't do it by an airport. Because it can easily cause chaos like it has been. And if you do that on purpose, fuck you. That's my opinion on it. So, I just don't understand why bureaucracy has to take so long. Why can't we just get shit done? And I don't mean that in the sense of like, let's build a wall right now. I'm going to create a national emergency. I'm just talking about streamlining the process, right? It's like with medical marijuana. You know, there's 200,000 kids in the UK suffering from, uh, from aggressive epilepsy. And the CBD oil would help in, well, let's call it, let's call it, like, let's be super conservative and say 85%. The truth is it's going to, it's going to help near enough all of them, but we could say 99%, 98% of cases. <clears throat> Why can't somebody just stand up and say, this is it. This is a new law. I know it's not how democracy works. Democracy is fucked up, takes too long, it's too slow. And I'm not saying I want to be an authoritarian leader or I think we should have an authoritarian government because that is definitely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we get bogged down in paperwork and process of bureaucracy. That is one process you don't have to enjoy, by the way. If you listen to this podcast all the time, you understand what I'm saying here, right? I always talk about enjoying the process, enjoying the pain of the process. The process of bureaucracy is not something that you have to get familiar with. It's not something you have to be okay with. And it's not something you should be satisfied or put up with. It is something that should absolutely, absolutely be expedited, should be streamlined and made a hundred times more efficient than it is right now. Doesn't mean you have to remove checks and balances from it. It just need it just needs to move faster. You know, it's like this Brexit thing. Five days of debate. You know what's going to happen at the end of those five days? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We're going to be right where we are 
the bill's not going to pass, her plan is not going to get through, and we're going to be heading towards a no-deal Brexit. And then only then will people start to wake up to say, oh, maybe we need to, maybe we need to yell a little bit louder about this. Maybe we need to actually be concerned about this because a no-deal Brexit, that means there's no fucking deal in place. That means nobody knows what's going to happen. That means nobody's made a contingency plan. That means nobody's made a plan B, right? After this vote fails, once they've had these five days of debates, they're going to call a vote to see if they can get her deal through. It's not going to get through. Theresa May's plan is not going to get through. Then they're going to give her some more days to come up with a plan B. She's already said she doesn't have a plan B, and she's already said that she doesn't want to consider a people's vote. So now what? Are you ready to have your voice heard? Are you ready to stand up and, and defend your position? Are you ready to take a walk? Are you ready to hold people accountable? Because if there's anything to get out in the streets about, it's about this. Government inaction, it's inefficiency, and it's ability to calmly lead us down the road to an abyss. Because... It wouldn't be called Brexit no deal if we had a promising outlined and identified future for how this is going to go afterwards. It would be called something else. It would be called the Brexit deal point, you know, deal alternative or alternative deal or something, some fucking name. I don't know. You know, it wouldn't have no deal in it. There would be something there. All, hey, how did that meeting go? Did you close that sale? No. It was a really great meeting, though. Oh, was it? Did you get the deal? No. No, no, no. So how was it good? Oh, well, I found out some shit. I found out why they're not doing it. Well, that's good. Did you get the deal done? No. No. Oh, okay, cool. So you didn't get the deal done. No, no, no. But we negotiated for some future possibilities. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Cool. So, so you didn't get the deal done. Oh, okay, cool. How was that a success? Oh, we negotiated. Uh, what'd you negotiate? Anything concrete or finite? No? You just talked about some prospective things that could happen potentially in the future. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. You know, that's where, we're, that's where we are with this thing. It needs to come back to us. I've said this before. It needs to come back to us. The only justice that, it, that can occur now is, is for us to have a second referendum. I think this... This whole thing has been such a clusterfuck. It's um, it's made a mockery of our government, of our institutions. It's been a complete joke and a waste of time by everybody's account. And it's just left a lot of people in the limbo not knowing what the fuck's going on. And it's made a lot of businesses really, really draw back on expansion plans and be more conservative and trepidatious with how they operate. We've seen money leave. We've seen businesses leave. It's... Uh, it couldn't have been handled any worse. And I think now they just have to, I don't even know why they, they take some of these smug attitudes that they take on this on this situation. Oh, well, if we consider giving it back to the people to have a say. Like, who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're talking about? Are people out there really not listening to this shit? Like, am I the only one that's hearing all of this, this rhetoric and all this, all of this stuff that deserves condemnation, all of these opinions, all of these sound bites, all of these conversations that are happening, all of these lack of negotiations. Am I the only one that sees this and says, listen, 
These motherfuckers aren't worth the, the paper their checks written on. You know? We need to hold these people accountable. And if we can do that in our own lives, then surely we can do that in in other people's lives. And I don't want you guys out there to take me as like some social justice warrior that just wants to complain about everything. Brexit is a big deal. Brexit's a big deal. <coughs> you know, whether it be this hard border um, between the islands, um, you know, or where we stand in the, in the customs union, like uh, it's, we don't know anything. Again, we don't know anything. And that lack of transparency should call this whole thing off, in my opinion. But we'll see how it goes. We got some days, right? So um, the last thing I want to talk about today is, is I guess, kind of on a slightly different note. <coughs> it's everybody's been ranting and raving about this uh, show, Bird Box, with Sandra Bullock, and. I saw it, and I, I mean, I wasn't really impressed. I was a bit bored. I mean, there was, uh, like, the first bit of it. Spoiler alert, by the way, here. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Bird Box, if you haven't seen it. Um, the bit in the beginning where her sister sees whatever the thing is and turns and then drives the truck over. That's quite good. That's quite intense. And then obviously the part in the boat where she's like asking the kids to choose who's going to, or she, when she said one of you guys is going to have to look, um, to find out where they are on the river and, and that sort of, that's quite a tense moment. Um, but overall, I just thought it was a basic just reflection of like how we view vanity and like, like the, like the perception of how we view ourselves based on, like, visual only, right? It was it was kind of like a like a self reflective. That's at least what I got from it. Like that it was like kind of like a self reflective, like introspection, introspective look on, like, ego and depression and mental health and things like that, right? And and. And that's like all the blind people, right? Where's all the blind people? That sort of thing. Like, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed with it. I'll tell you what I was impressed with. I was impressed with you. The series You on Netflix. Now that, in my opinion, is a good, is a good fucking series. It was creepy. It was dark. It was quite funny. Um, and like really, really well written because... The way they've done it, you know the guy's a creep. You know the guy's a psycho. You know the guy's a murderer and just a complete a complete psycho, right? But you're also kind of like you you kind of also you kind of almost think like, yeah, but you kind of find yourself thinking like, yeah, but is he that bad? Because he's like really nice to this little kid and like he's really polite and like, you know, he's really well-mannered as, you know, most sociopaths are and they, most psychopaths tend to, you know, sociopaths, I should say, not psychopaths. You know, sociopaths have, you know, they have the the Ted Bundy effect, right? Where they can mix and mingle and nobody knows the, De the Dexter effect, right? Um, so it's really well done in that respect. But they do... The female character, the female lead in the show is done 
where she's kind of so fucked up that you're all that you almost find yourself saying even though that guy is a nutbag she'd be better off with him <laughs> like at some points it, during some of the episodes i was like she'd actually be better off with the murderer <laughs> again spoiler alert um but you guys need to definitely check that out if you haven't seen it because i think in my opinion that um the patriot act with Hassan Minaj. Maybe I should do like a little recommendation corner on this show. Um, the so you, the series you, uh, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj is very good, very smart, well done. Um, Bumping mics is good. Comedians of the world, you could check out the Chris D'Elia set on that. That's quite good. I didn't really like the other comedians on there, but they just seemed a bit inexperienced and I wasn't really into it. So I just, I watched the Chris D'Elia one, the Neil Brennan one, and then I pieced out on that. Um, but other than that, guys, I've been on YouTube steady hard. Like, I mean, steady hard. Like now, you can always tell what I'm interested. You can always tell what I'm into based on what's in my YouTube feed, right? There's usually like a smattering of UFC in there. There's usually a smatter, like a smattering? There's usually like a, like a, like a, I'm gonna stay with smattering. Uh, there's usually a smattering of uh, like DIY and gardening stuff in there. There's usually a smattering of training, fitness, health, nutrition, that type of thing in there. Maybe some other DIY stuff, but you know, and then obviously news and current affairs and things like that, of course. And then my podcast. So like Joe Rogan and, you know, Chris D'Elia and the guys that I follow, Fighter and the Kid, things like that. Um, but then, <laughs> and it's just reflective of what I'm doing now. The only thing you can find on my YouTube feed now is instructional videos on how to play the piano. That's it. So... Uh, now that the day is over and I'm going to wrap the podcast up, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull out the keyboard and put an hour or so practice into that because I just figured, why not? What's stopping you, right? You set this goal for yourself and every time you say, now I'll play it tomorrow, which has only happened once, by the way, you're putting off success. You're putting off development. You're, you're putting off evolution and growth. And the adaptation of a skill that can serve you so well. You know how fucking cool I feel when I'm playing the piano and I actually hit a couple notes right? And I can't even play the piano. So I'm going to stick with this thing, man. And I'm going to keep playing it. So um, on that note, I'm going to peace out of here, guys. I'm going to leave you guys. Um, and I'm going to go do that because I don't have much time for uh, actually eating dinner. So I need to squeeze this in somewhere. So I'm going to love you and I'm going to leave you, but I appreciate you listening guys. And, uh, and thanks for coming back. I'm going to play this one back, listen to some of the changes that I made and, and see how they've affected the output and the production. But, um, but I appreciate you guys listening. And just to recap, hit us up on SoundCloud, subscribe, download feedback on the shows there. You always get new links to the shows as they come out first on SoundCloud. Um, iTunes, same thing, just uh, search Quiet Part Loud there and you'll be able to find the show. Uh, press subscribe on that and, and tell us what you think. Rate us. <clears throat> you know, stars mean everything. So uh, so rate us and, uh, and that really helps get us discovered. So um, that would be great. And if you want any updates or just an easy way to find the links, then you can hit us up on Twitter, 
um, and Facebook as well, and just search uh, "Quiet Part Loud" on those, <clears throat> and you'll uh, and you'll uh, you'll be in the right place. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pack it in. But again, thank you for listening. Uh, this is episode 65, I believe. Yeah, is that what I said at the beginning of the show? Let me just check. Uh, make sure I got it right. Yeah, that's right. So episode 65. Um, we'll be back. I mean, it's it's midweek now. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to do another one. Uh, but I am conscious that I haven't done a UFC recap <clears throat> or a preview show in uh, in some time. So I'd like to get that back. Uh, up and going as well and then of course I'm I'm continuing to explore the video options it's just I need a fucking studio I need a better background than the back of my living room uh you know if I'm going to do a, a video podcast with you guys I just want it to be a little slicker than that um even if it's me propping up a bed sheet behind me and, uh, and and having it blacked out uh but I'm working on it I'm working on it but time is uh you know, time is it's hard to come by currently. So I'm, I'm working on it. And uh, and I appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us, listening to the show. Um, and as always, I want to hear what you guys think. So feedback to us, let us know. And, uh, and if I can't squeeze another one out this week, then I'm definitely going to come back next week and try my best to get two, uh, two in the bag. So um, that's it. So enjoy the rest of the week, guys. Be safe. Stay positive. Um, I hope you're New Year's resolutions are maintained if that's when you made them. Um, and if you're already on that path, then I hope you just keep uh, keep plowing along towards your goals. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I'm going to go clear my throat because I sound like I've got a fucking frog stuck in it. But until next time, guys, it's been a pleasure. Um, and like I said, we'll be back soon. As So my name's Daryl. I'm your host. This is a Quiet Part Loud podcast, episode 65. And until next time, guys, all the best.